0: The number of people who don't have a Bible, mm-hmm. and then looking at home, and I'm like, oh, there are four on my shelf, and I use one. We have so much here, right at our fingertips.
1: Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Eske.
2: And I'm Emily Wilson.
1: And we are going to pick up our series with uh, new leaders here at Lutheran Bible Translators. We've had the opportunity to sit down with all of the new directors that uh, came on board starting January 1st, and today we are talking with Angela Taylor, who serves as the Director of Operations and Chief Financial Officer here, and uh, she's been with us since 2017 working in our finance area the whole time. She's got a great background. And, you know, when we come to, to finance, we don't like lots of drama or uh, undue creativity. And so she's <laughs> a steady hand for us and has guided us well and been a great blessing to me personally.
2: Yeah. So we hope you enjoy this interview with our director for operations, Angela Taylor.
1: We are here in the studio today with Angela Taylor, who serves as the Director of Operations and CFO of Lutheran Bible Translators starting January 1st, and great to have you with us today.
2: Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So we're going to just continue with our series on introducing members of our lead team, our leadership directors of the organization. So you began serving with Lutheran Bible Translators. It was 2017, right? That's correct. But originally, your realm of the field of finance was a little bit more on the corporate for-profit side of business. And then was this your first switch with nonprofit or had you had experience before that?
0: I'd say the hospital was, it was a nonprofit, but I'm not this close to the customers. Does that make
2: sense? Right, right, exactly. Just in accounting. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit more of a like, okay, this was a switch. When you were in the the for-profit and you then having that little bit of time with the hospital, you weren't super close with like, okay, what was happening with the patients? And it was more on the behind the scenes. Whereas this is very much like you are... It's behind the scenes and yet forefront at the same time, right? Right, right. So what what are the facets that are have been unique to working for a ministry rather than a for-profit? That's an interesting question.
0: Because I, I still kind of try to look at who is my customer. Mm-hmm. So the donors are the customer. Mm-hmm. They may never see the product. Yes. The missionaries are my customer. <laughs> so I don't know if I feel like there is a huge difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think with ministry, to you know, the part that's really highlighted, and emphasized to people is the results that's expected or hoped for, the populations that will be served. But I think it's important to sort of unpack a little bit of what are some of the behind the scenes things, and when you are a a nonprofit corporation in the United States, like that, you have to pay attention to to create the context for ministry to happen. And people might not like what's one thing people probably don't expect when they think about a ministry that you have to deal with?
0: All I could think of is reporting. Right. This is what comes to mind, this constant filling out a form reporting because, you know, like we had mentioned, ECFA wants me to fill out every year the reporting.
1: A report on Mm. the financial components of ministry. And then, of course, as an organization in the United States, that means you're like in 50 different places, right? Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about that.
0: That comes into play with our, um, some states require you to to register as a charity Mm -hmm. uh, in order to take donations from their citizenship. Um, And thankfully, we we have a law firm that takes care of that (laughs) for us, but she does send me a lot of questions, and I'm really thankful she does that. Um, It takes her a lot of time. There are 27... I think 27 states that we have to register with. So,
2: I mean, I think that that's even like a component too of like what is it that people would expect or not expect? Like in my brain, before I started working for a ministry, I would have just been like, okay, they have the people who are, you know, maybe processing donations and the people who have the programs and maybe communications people to produce material and content. But my brain would have never processed law firm and coordinating with a lawyer and making sure that everything was compliant. So has that been something new for like the nonprofit or like, was that something that you were like, oh, yeah, we did that all the time? I think the rules are a
0: little bit different for nonprofit. I've had to kind of read up on that and and using the ECFA as a resource but I worked in banking. Mm. And so in my internal audit years uh, in a bank, you had to follow the FDIC rules. And there was specific regulations on the font size for your credit card disclosures. And so, yeah, I kind of was used to checking up on things
2: reading the fine print yes of all of the expectations and the regulations and making sure that you're having uh, all of your bases covered is it's so interesting because it's like it's so necessary um i think that maybe sometimes that can be you know glossed over it's like oh ministry is happening that's great but there's a lot of the behind the scenes of like okay are we compliant is this meeting the, the needs of the state or the federal or, you know, and like tax exemption versus non-tax exemption. I know like any- Please
0: consult your tax. <laughs> <attorney. Yeah.
2: laughs> I, yeah. Anytime we have like, so Giving Tuesday when we had that particular, like you would almost call it a drive. I know like we were asking you a million questions of like, what is it that we can do or not do? Um, as we're interacting with donors and you've been a huge blessing with that so there have been unique challenges when serving in this role like so I know that you just started January 1st as the CFO but you've been with the organization for since 2017 what are some of the things that have stood out to you as like like I wasn't I wasn't thinking this when I chose the career that I did, that what is it that stood out to you?
0: I don't know. I take things in little bits and pieces. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Yeah, you have stressful days. Everything's conquerable. I think something here that, that came to mind was the cost centers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's a challenge to yeah. keep it all straight and in,
2: in line. So for the listeners, the cost centers are – for our budgeting purposes, being able to say like what the funds are going to for, okay, is this going to this particular regional director or this particular language program or being able to say this is budgeted and this is what the costs are and being able to have all of that in place and then going through an annual audit and being able to make sure that all of that reporting has been processed and we also distribute grants to our projects and being able to process all of that so there's a lot of a lot of numbers <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i love it <laughs> and that's why we love you angie <laughs> that the the numbers are not overwhelming but rather that you love and are using your gifts and uh the, the abilities that god has given you
1: right so the, uh... With you is basically, in Lutheran Bible Translators, fine print central. <laughs> like any fine print is ultimately somewhere in your uh, in your group overseeing the finance function as well as human resources and IT as well. So just talk a little bit about those other areas. And of course, you've got a great team working in there. But what are some, again, just the challenges or the aspects of being a ministry that's located in the United States in 2023 that you address through those functions.
0: And as you talk about IT, yep. you know, on our mind always is the security. Right. HR, again, that goes back to written regulations, kind of like that. <laughs> and Melissa loves reading them. So, yeah, so I have some good help there.
1: Yeah. And all of it again, and in a ministry context, it's, it, I just can't understate and you shouldn't understate either the value of being sure to create good context for ministry to happen like if we nobody notices numbers really or notices hr or maybe not even the security but if we get something wrong then all of a sudden the context for all kinds of ministry no longer exists
2: i do like to stay under the radar I was thinking about it like, you know, each of the the departments rely on building a strong foundation. You can't do programs work without having a strong foundation of understanding God's mission and our role in it. And to be able to say uncompromising This is what we've been called to for being transparent and good stewards of our ministry funds and how to best even like, okay, like being able to say, we have this tax exemption and how do we apply that and where do we make our purchases and where can we find discounts? Like you're, you're the chief researcher in all of that. And you're building a, a, a strong foundation so that the ministry can happen so that there's not a diverted focus, right? Like, because it's easy for, you know, us to say like, oh, you know, like the, the funds are coming in, here it is. Okay, fine. But there's a lot, Going on behind the scenes to make sure that that process is not only smooth, but also correctly allocating. So you joined the team in 2017, and Lutheran Bible Translators has actually had a number of various certifications and high ratings to distinguish us from other nonprofits, uh, other nonprofit charities, and. So wanting to share with our listeners and um, the people who maybe are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've never given, but tell me more. What are some of our certifications and, and ratings and like, what does it actually mean? Gotcha.
0: Um, we are members of the ECFA and we are charter members. So we've been there quite a while. I don't know how many
1: Yeah, it's from the beginning I think it was established in the 1990s if I'm not mistaken. And, and that's a renewal process on an annual basis and ECFA is the uh, Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, so what is that what does that entail? What are some of their like requirements? You know, off the top of your head, I know that there's a lot of paperwork.
0: They do ask for a copy of our audit. So it has our financial statements in it. They ask a series of questions like how many missionaries we have in the field. Mm -hmm. And some of that is summarized out on their Mm -hmm. website when people look up Lutheran Bible translators.
2: So it really is like all out there for people to see. It is. Yeah. There's
0: quite a bit of information out there. So the other uh, is Charity Navigator. Mm -hmm. We've been certified through them for 10 years.
1: Yeah, four star rating for ten straight years. Yeah, which is remarkable.
0: Same same type thing. They take our audited financial Mm -hmm. statements and ask a few extra questions,
2: and yeah, not an easy thing to accomplish. Yeah,
1: yep. And there's a. A distinctive there for the Charity Navigator is not as... Uh, don't have to be Christian, all right, but okay. just doing charitable work so that reaches a potentially larger audience of folks. And uh, it's not a bad idea to have different sets of benchmarks and lenses to look at things through so the Charity Navigator really looks at... Your financials and how you use the funds and their perception of your transparency Mm -hmm. uh, based on several indicators as well which are you know they kind of recalibrate those calculations on a periodic basis based on donor preferences Mm -hmm. things like that so
0: and we've recently been given a rating by excellence in giving as transparent Yeah,
1: yeah, that one uh, certainly has the financial component too. And I'm speaking of this because the programs piece is another piece. They dive a lot more into tell us about how funds are used, and then like give us a measurable metric of Mm -hmm. progress that you've accomplished towards your mission. So we were able to talk to them about numbers of chapters of the Bible translated in a certain period of time, numbers of literacy students over a certain period of time, Mm. things like that, and. Yeah, as as she was saying, the common denominator with all of them is we receive the highest rating and are advised, you know, donors that uh, are using those are advised that if you're looking for a ministry to be confident in your giving, then uh, Lutheran Bible Translators is one. And that speaks a lot to Angela and her team then because that's—there's the ministry implementation, but they're really focused on the resource utilization and how the resources are used and tracked and whether somebody who wants to dig in and ask more questions can— do that fairly easily. So mm-hmm.
2: there's really a lot of homework that people can do to to be able to look up is this in fact an organization that I want to be partnering alongside. So we've named a few of them for you, for you to be able to look not only for Lutheran Bible translators, but to also be able to say like, hey, I, I've been supporting a ministry. I, I want to know more information. That's a, a road that they can go down to be able to determine, is this where the Lord is leading them and how they might be able to be good stewards of the, the gifts that they have been given. So there's another component within Lutheran Bible translators that's unique. I've had the opportunity to talk with people about what they expect of ministry versus maybe what has been the common practice. So there's this perception that in order to be a good ministry, it would be best to use 90% of funds towards programs and 10% towards everything else, administrative and otherwise. But as an organization, we are a little different. So can you explain, though, what it means, like, when people are asking, are you a 90-10? Like, can you explain that for our listeners who maybe are unfamiliar?
1: The 90 10 idea comes from, I think, well meaning people who are, you know, ministry minded and they're thinking, they're thinking in terms of a tithe, right? So just use 10% for, but the set aside 10% for this and then use the other 90% for what they would perceive as ministry. But in general, you know, the ratings agencies and things that we look at would actually rate a ministry lower for that. And, uh, you know, what are some of the reasons for that? And we, again, we choose 80 20, which is, is highly rated, but
0: right, right. And I th- I think we actually kind of beat the eighty twenty sometimes. We do. Just, yep. just a little. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I think that's because I see the behind the scenes, the eighty twenty seems more reasonable because there is a lot that happens that legal wise that you, you need to make sure you're in compliance and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. setting up a website and just there's a lot more that goes into making it happen. Then ten percent could cover,
1: right? And so if you're in the ten percent and you cut corners, what are some of the risks?
0: Uh, legal risk, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, misreporting numbers. There's security issues. I could see with.
2: I was going to say, being able to like say that the the <laughs> risk is that much higher every time we make an advancement technologically speaking for you know malware or like you know like just the the individuals who have a you know a mindset of I'm going to do cyber attacks they're always trying to keep up Mm -hmm. with whatever software is trying to make it more secure and so our work thank goodness (laughs) is not on typewriters we are using technology and we're always pushing forward but those with ill intent are also pushing forward so the the idea of it being 10 percent you aren't you wouldn't be able to match the you know battle it out right. <laughs> actually so being able to well, be... and
0: even at home yeah. we differentiate between being cheap <laughs> and frugal sure yeah. there's sure. a big difference and sometimes yeah. you need just that little extra to actually be really productive yeah that's
2: true yeah
1: leverage again i just i can't say enough about creating context for ministry and i I mean i think the 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 risk is losing that context if you are trying to find again i think it would be awesome if we could exist in an environment where it was possible to to just say 10 percent can really set you up well for Mm. good context in ministry, but we're, you know, we're in the United States of America, which is a, has great opportunity and and just great responsibility as well, right? I mean, there's the great opportunity for this, this society to contribute vastly to making the world a better place. And we're in a place where you just want to be, there's regulation ongoing for the protection of consumers and, and uh, ministry partners and, and sometimes with agendas that aren't as good, but in any case, the Lord's called us to work in this context, and so it's good to apply a good amount of resources there. And again, that's what your team does really well. I'm really thankful that you're part of the team since 2017, and uh, really grateful that you've stepped into the, the new role as well. It has some old and some new in there. But over the time that you've served with us, how have you been enriched by your role in ministry, and what inspires you as you, uh, as you work with this organization?
0: I enjoy coming to work. I I like the challenge and the people. Yeah, it it was a ministry that I hadn't realized was going on, but kind of seems I should have known it was going on because how do these Bibles get in different languages and how would you reach those people? So yeah, that's sometimes that is a little intimidating to think about, like, just.
1: Yeah. So what's a component of that in terms of like, if you wanted somebody listening here or this gets shared with somebody who hasn't really heard about the ministry itself what's the thing like if you could say i got just a a minute to tell you the most important thing you need to know about bible translation ministry what would it be or just thinking of your own experience like you know you were surprised you didn't never heard of this ministry so somebody reaches out says we do this you're like do what and then like what is the thing that
0: i think that the number of people who don't have a Bible Mm -hmm. and then looking at home and I'm like, Oh, there are four on my shelf and I use one and it just kind of, it's humbling to, we have so much here Mm -hmm. and right at our fingertips. And
2: Mm -hmm. yeah. So being able to share that and say like, I am, I'm part of this. The Lord's using my gifts that, and my interests and loving numbers, like that. This is something that, not only is is needed, but it, it that it's a joy for you to be able to to walk alongside and to be able to support this ministry. Because if we didn't have someone who had that love and that interest and that passion and that focus, the, it wouldn't be a strong foundation.
1: That's really like the well-known passage about the body of Christ in all of its parts, that uh, there are many people in this organization that do not like numbers and they are glad <laughs> that you do. And, uh, you know, if we talk 80-20, I mean, it's not it's not 80-20. That's a, a lot smaller percentage that like numbers and your impact on, you know, on those who don't, who want to do other things is is great. So uh, it's, it's uh, again, really important that all the parts of the body work together. And what a joy to find people in each of these roles that enjoy their part.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we shared in the last podcast that prayer is the strategy. It's not just a strategy, as we are looking to accomplish this amazing goal of God's word in people's hands in every language. So how can we pray for you and your team as you serve alongside each other? It's a
0: tight schedule. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think that's um, the, the concern. Sometimes it runs through my, am I catching it all? Mm-hmm. Am I, mm, mm-hmm. you know, dotting all the I's across and all the T's? Yeah. So
2: so just the, that prayer of being able to see those rhythms and those rest periods, not that they're very long, <laughs> but being able to see them, identify them, assess and evaluate like how to, to make the most of that, but to also encourage one another as, as a team. Yeah. yeah. Accomplish.
1: yeah Yeah. one of the jokes that angie and i have and we've worked together for you know the whole time closely uh, i was operational head before so is uh we don't want drama in finance like when we have a report for finance it's not going to be exciting i mean that's that's the that's the whole thing like stability is what you're looking for in this area and yeah i'm excited about some of the upcoming initiatives we have in the finance area um, and some of them that we've just recently completed like a new donor management system, the Virtuous system, really just brought us into the the current decade um, really well in terms of uh, the the work that's done, the reporting that's done, and the marketing components. And then uh, upcoming cost accounting. Would you be able to like talk a little bit about why cost accounting is important? Because it doesn't sound like cost accounting is not fun. It's a whole different. It slicing is. and dicing I'm but
0: trying to figure out how to put it in yeah real people terms the, the
1: <laughs> well the the net result so we're our big our next big project that we're collaborating on in several components but that's you know really headed up in your area is building a cost accounting system here and the the net result of that is much more efficiently being able to describe to the donors there's a need yeah. and this is how you can get involved and invested and at this amount, and this amount will get you this, and that clarity just makes, it just removes further barriers. So, you know, the organization, our organization in general, is about removing barriers to the gospel, removing barriers to mission service, and uh, that mission involvement. And so, yeah, you can think of accounting and think, and people think numbers and boring, and you think awesome or whatever, but uh, and you think cost accounting and think, oh, my goodness. But it's where those things all lead, right? So, anyways, it's an exciting uh, project coming. I'm excited about it. And, <laughs> So I'm maybe the other person that likes numbers here, but so, so pray for that. That's what she wants to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's a lot of work. You got a little taste We we had you doing some behind the scenes cost accounting work for us, right? For the campaign. So it's like an escape room.
2: I was going to say, <laughs> there are some people who have gifts in this area <laughs> and there are some of us who don't have gifts in this area. And, uh, that's, um, uh, that was very much made clear to me
0: We're all in together. that exercise. Yeah. So how that felt is how when you say, Angie, be creative. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Why must I?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, this was a lot of fun talking and uh, um, just getting a little behind the scenes look at uh, operations. The uh, the part that nobody ever gets to see, but really one of the most important parts of any ministry creating context for ministry to happen and again I know our listeners and our ministry personnel are really grateful for your team and your service even if they don't get what you do uh, they know that uh, what you do creates context for them to do what they do so thank you
2: thank you Angie thank you
1: one of the things I think that I'm most proud of of Lutheran Bible translators is the high ratings that we receive for financial integrity and transparency and Angela's leadership uh, behind the scenes, guiding those processes and, and checking all those boxes has led to that year in and year out mm-hmm. and uh, really inspires then a uh, high degree of donor confidence. And that has really helped uh, serve us well and position us well to serve the, the Bible translation movement and God's mission.
2: And it really is that the vocations that we are called into, that sometimes it's like, okay, how is this possibly fitting in with God's mission? And how is it that my skills, my interests, my abilities are able to serve in the kingdom of God? And... I'm just always in awe of whenever Angela is able to share about not only her interests, but also how she's able to manage all of these working pieces, the behind the scenes with Lutheran Bible translators, and how it is just such a testimony to God is using all of our gifts in the body of believers to strengthen uh, the church and to encourage one another and to hold one another to good accountability. So, it's just been a real blessing to serve alongside her.
1: Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable Podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org/podcast or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald and Sarah Radowski. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Radowski. So long for now.